Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have the privilege, as many of you know that watch and listen to the show, my background is accounting and finance. So it's always a pleasure when I get to have someone from that space on the show, because as I tell everyone, I think, you know, your finance professionals that are in your organization are so critical to the overall strategy, the tactical. I mean, it's very important to how your business is going to get from point A to point B. And so it is a privilege to have Brian Lapidus on because he is actually with an organization that helps you actually figure out how to get more value out of the FP&A function of your business. So welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you, Terrell. I'm very happy to be here with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's been a pleasure, um, like I said, of, of watching the great things that you guys have been doing. You recently had a huge conference, which we'll talk a little bit more about it um, and just seeing the content that the organization is putting up. So tell us a little bit, what was your background before coming to the AFP? Before AFP, I was, um, I was 20 years in the office of the CFO in various roles. Um, I've been in FP&A. I've been in risk and audit. I've been in treasury. I've even, I've even stepped out of the CFO's organization to be a consultant back to the CFO's organization. <laughs> uh, so I've been, uh, I've seen a lot, and I've seen a lot in different, um, in different structures. So I've been in very large companies, um, and I've been in smaller private equity-backed companies, and even privately held companies. So uh, I really, really have the benefit of the gamut of lots of what finance does. Mm-hmm. So I guess what was it about, you know, you know, the, the AFP, the Association of Finance Professionals that really attracted you to say, you know what, you wanted to go from working in the office of the CFO, being a consultant to the CFO to coming to the AFP? So I was in consulting at the time and I was trying to build up the consulting practice itself. And I started I had been a member of, of AFP, uh, but I started writing more articles just getting involved, uh, creating and teaching some classes. And at some point I realized I was looking forward to that work much more than I was looking forward to actually going to my job and doing my day job. And so at some point I talked to the the gentleman who's now my boss and I said, you know, I really like all the things I'm doing with you. And he said, you know, we really like having you. Maybe we should find a way to to just make this work. Um, And I'm coming up now on three years at AFP and Really what I tell people is I I have the best job. My job literally is to talk to interesting people every day. Think about interesting things that change in the business and industry and how it affects people's lives. And then put out interesting content for people, right? And it's all in this area that I've been working with, working for, working with for the last two decades. So uh, really, it's it's been a great ride for me. I think, you know, there's something very valuable in that. I think that you said is when, you know, they were just as happy to have you as you were to be there. I think that's always a great recipe for a a great mutually beneficial relationship. Yes, that's that's the ideal. Now, when it came down to what you talked about with, you know, creating content in that space, I mean, 
you know, I'm in that process of you know, creating content in the accounting and finance space. And one of the things that I found interesting as I started to talk to more, more individuals in our profession to where it's not as common as it probably should be of finance and accounting professionals getting out there, creating content. So what was it about, you know, like I said, getting out there, putting yourself out there to create the content that attracted you to it? Like, what did you like about it? So in the beginning, um, it really was the ability to force me to sit back and synthesize things that I had been doing, right? So at the time I was working at, I was working at the PE backed company and certain things were frustrating and, and we had taken a, a big hit and it was really a surprise to us. And actually I found that by writing a certain article about of all things, KPIs, right? the most mundane, boring topic and basic, right? Foundational. You have, to, you have to measure things to know what you're managing. But somehow we were blindsided by something. And what we found was that by taking the, what was our basic metric, which had been static, we didn't understand why, what it had missed and disaggregating it in sort of a, a DuPont style disaggregation formula into three core components, we really saw things that we hadn't seen before. And the process of thinking through that article, writing that article actually made me better at what I was doing in my day job. And so that was the, that was the start of it, of saying, gosh, there is value in doing this. And then a couple of years later, I was looking to make a transition. And one of the, you know, one of the things that you want to do is in order to be outstanding, you have to stand out. You have to be willing to stand out, to be out there, to show yourself that, to show others that you're a thought leader and more than just the person who comes in and punches a card every day. And so at that point, I had a couple articles under my belt and the ability to sit down with somebody and say, yes, I've been good at my job as are most of the other people you're competing with against. But in order to slide across a desk, an article and say, I wrote this. And it shows that I'm not just the, the person who's showing up, clocking in every day, but I'm thinking deeply about what we're doing and about what the profession is doing really was an opportunity to, to stand out relative to, uh, to other people competing for roles. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a very important point that, you know, I learned myself of just getting in the process of creating content to where you start to really think about it from, you know, take that step back and think about the big picture of what you're doing and finding ways to to get better at it. So, I mean, I, I definitely enjoy, you know, hearing that perspective from others, like, you know, what their process was like when they started creating content. Now, you know, and you've been with AFP for three years, you know, what's that journey been like so far with the type of content you've been able to do? I guess now, since it's part of your full-time job, you've been able to do it more. So what's that been like? Um, it's been, the more I've been there, the more I see and actually the more I feel like there is to do, right? Three years down the road, I feel like there's even more ahead of me than there is behind me, which is great. Because, you know, it's, it's intellectually very, very exciting. Um, I'm in a position where lots of things are out there and come to me. I'll, I'll give you a quick example of kind of what it is that we see and how other people in our, our membership uh, are taking advantage of it. So we have, we have, in 2021, we'll have three different conferences and we always have a planning task force. So one woman was on our planning task force 
and I see that she's, we go through, you know, all the submissions. We have a huge binder of submissions. We go through and they're all marked up. And I see that she's got certain pages kind of pulled out and dog-eared in different ways. And they're not the ones that we had accepted into the, um, into the actual conference. There were other ones which really stood out. Like, why are you, you know, holding this other one separate? She said, well, we didn't like this for whatever reason. It didn't fit, we didn't have room or it wasn't really well constructed. But there is an idea here that I like, and I'm going to take this back to my team in Seattle, and we are going to talk about what is the opportunity here, okay. right? The great part about being a member in an organization like this, and any time that you're involved in networking outside your company, obviously, we believe in conferences and, and networking and mentorships and things like that. But the ability to be to see all these different ideas vet them out, think through them with a community of like-minded people and then take them back really just adds the value to being a part of the network and it makes the whole network better. Awesome, awesome. Now, you spoke of the conferences. I know uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, well, about five weeks ago, you guys had a pretty big conference for 2020. Um, can you tell us a little bit of what were some of the highlights from that conference? So this conference is the, uh, I, I call this the all-you-could-eat buffet because we had, we had more than 120 different sessions. We had great keynotes. Shaquille O'Neal was a keynote. Dan Pink was a keynote. Um, so we had great topics. Um, so it's hard to pick one or two highlights from, the, um, from 120 sessions. Um, I would say every year in looking at the different submissions, a few things always stand out as trends, right? A couple of years ago, it was all about big data. And then there were other things that kind of bubble up. The big commonality that we saw in the submissions and in what people gravitated to was really about finances need to get together with operations, to get beyond the numbers, right? The numbers are the bottom line, but there's all these things you have to get through before you get to those numbers. And so we had an a very large number of submissions about how do you work with the business? What are the metrics that they're using? How do you be a good business partner? And then here we are in a virtual world. How do you be a good business partner when it, the old advice was, oh, you know, take somebody out for coffee? Well, <laughs> it's a little harder. Or, you know, go, you know, walk the line was, was what somebody in a, uh, in a cable company said. You know, he used to literally go on the line out with the line crew and work, uh, you know, in the trucks for a day or two. Uh, well, it's harder to do that now in a virtual world. So hearing some of the strategies around that really, uh, really spoke to people. Awesome, awesome. Now, so you mentioned about 2021, there's gonna be three major conferences. So have you got, when can people expect to see like the, the, the release dates or when, when would pre-registration, like how early in advance do they come open? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> so the first conference is FinNext in the U.S., and that is going to be the third week in March, and it'll be a virtual conference. Um, right now, uh, the call for proposals is open, and we'll be evaluating that until um, through the end of 2020. So we'll actually have the lineup of sessions, and people can see what the sessions are by the end of January 2021. Registration will be open then, and um, and we'll have and they'll see all the all the great things we have laid out for them. 
Awesome. Awesome. So now when people are thinking about the AFP as, as a resource to help them become, you know, a better finance professional, other than the conferences, what are some of the other resources that they can get access to when they become a member? So as a member, all of our content is, is available. And so obviously, uh, we've got the part that, that we've been talking about here, my side, which is the corporate finance, the FP&A side. We also have a counterpart like me who oversees the treasury and payment side. So all of that is available to members. Um, and that includes guides, executive guides designed for a more senior level audience, um, research. We have an entire research department that does survey and benchmarking information and all of that's available. So with, you, with membership, that, that's there. Um, we also have a training department. So we put together classes and some of them are open enrollment for individuals. Some of them are available for sale at a, at a corporate level and uh, webinars, right? Some are free, some are, are pay, some if you're a member are free, but we're always creating content, whether it's written webinars, uh, educational training classes. So all of that comes with, uh, with the membership. Awesome. Awesome. And if people are interested, how can they find AFP online or how can they find AFP on social media? Easiest way is just to look for us. We are the Association for Financial Professionals. Um, we are on LinkedIn, both as an, organi as an organization, um, as well as you could follow me or uh, my colleague, Tom Hunt in the treasury space. We're on Twitter. Um, we're pretty loud. So just look for us and you can find us. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up the interview, you know, one question that I like to ask guests that come on is when you think about, you know, your experiences and you think about the things that you've learned along the way in your journey in the FBNA space, you know, what's two pieces of advice that you would give to a leader on how they can improve the impact that FBNA is having within the organization that they're in? So I'm going to say two things. One is kind of the individual and the other is a, is a mindset. So on the mindset side, we've seen a lot of turmoil in, in 2020 in lots of different areas. And with the uncertainty, the information cloud that's out there, whether, right, whether you call it the VUCA, the volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous information world that we're finding, the finance response to this, to uncertainty, is to hold multiple points of view at the same time. And if you are running an FP&A team, there's certain things that you can do and you need to do in order to hold these multiple points of view. From a finance analytical perspective, it means not just having a single discounted cash flow, a single NPV number, but recognizing that there are a range of potential outcomes. A and you could look at that by multiple scenarios. You could have risk-adjusted NPVs or probability-adjusted uh, views. So your financial calculations should take into account the fact that, that there are different outcomes and your process should as well, right? We are beyond the days of doing one budget at the start of the year and then just you know, running the year. You have to have a flexible program that reallocates capital throughout the year um, what Agile looks like in finance is small bets and gated capital distributions rather than saying, okay, here's your money and here's your budget. You've got this, right? That, the business owners don't get to own the entire uh, 
the entire budget all at once. They have to prove out that they need it and that it's still the best option. And on the technological standpoint with that, you have to be able to hold the short term, right? The, the short term point of view is being able to incorporate and aggregate all the real-time information as soon as it's, in, it's there, while at the same time keeping that long-term strategy perspective. So you need to live in those multiple realities at the same time. And then along with that, and this really gets to the, to your, to the second point, how do you, what does the multiple point of view mean for you in your interaction with the business? And it means that you need to be a good finance person and you need to be a good partner to the business. So you need to know your finance, you've got to represent the CFO view of capital stewardship, while at the same time, understand the business, understand the data and the metrics of the business and be able to be an advisor to the business. And whole, sitting in those two worlds is, uh, is a challenge, but it is really what we believe, the direction of the CFO organization. That's what's being asked of, of the CFO and that's how we do our job. Awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing a lot more about your organization, for sharing more about, you know, your background and just how you came into this great opportunity with the AFP, um, as well as your advice and your tips for those that are in the FPNA space. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, Brian. Terrell, it's been great for me as well. And uh really enjoy listening to your podcast so uh keep it up thank you for tuning in to the business talk library if you like our content be sure to follow us on social media and if you want to see more of our exclusive content you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library hey the business talk library is the place where business makes sense